that day? Resilience? We're talking resiliency, my friend. Oh, shit. I closed my... Should say we're recording, by the way. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I even took some notes. Nice. Like a professional. Like a real professional. The other thing we can do now is I can intro our music right into this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Hello, Mike. Mike, how you doing? Doing. It's doing a little air horn. You're very quiet, by the way. Oh, am I? Your mic is low. Let me turn it low, up. Low, low, low. This makes a difference. We need to give the people what they want. Does that make a difference? A little better. Crank that volume up. Stand by. How's that? It's getting better. And that's maximum. That's maximum. Yeah, let me move the microphone oh, closer. Maybe is that better? There we go. Oh, I'll just lean in a little bit. Is that better? Just lean right into it. You know, I do have a another boom arm I can send you now. That'd be good. Yeah, that would help. Is it on? Go like ahead a, and say your address stand? on the podcast. It's um. Give me your social security number too. I need that to mail things. It's uh yeah right. <laughs> Mother's yeah, maiden name. <laughs> yeah, give me call signs. Uh, any aliases. Anything at Do you have all? a call sign? Do you guys get call signs? Uh-uh. We get to make we get to pick our own, but it never works out. You had to pick your own. So what they is your just, call sign? It's usually the um, company mascot, and then platoon, and then team number. So it'd be something one three, for instance. But it ends up just being my job title because everyone's See, like, mine's yo, yo, saucy, saucy, because it was originally going to be sausage fest. Hmm. Because of an unfortunate uh, sausage incident, you have to describe, explain. It actually was not. I was I I was trying to convince everyone to call me Silver Fox because I'm older, mm-hmm. a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And everyone had animal names for call yeah. signs. Is that an so actual? I kept animal? dropping hints. I was like, you know, it's you guys like. You guys ever seen foxes before? Yeah, I was saying silver. So weird. Silver fox. Uh, is that is that a thing? Have you guys heard of that before? A silver fox. <laughs> be sounds weird. cool pretty cool sounds pretty cool uh we at one time a guy the guy was uh the team leader basically wanted to be called the pirate and the guys we were supporting caught on to it and we're like all right we're gonna set up a cordon over here but pirate <laughs> <laughs> and he never caught on to it but I, every time they said it they would say all right just someone just say my call sign but pirate but pirate <laughs> oh that's good Dumb call sign. It was very fine. That was stupid. Call sign. Stupid as hell. Okay, I was dumb as hell. Yeah, so anyways, we had a giant cookout, mm. and there was a lot of sausages. Yeah. I said, what is this, a sausage party? And they're like, that's your call sign. I was like, I'm not, <laughs> we're not going to be saying that over radio. too many syllables. Yeah, for one. Brevity. Sort- it's important. Sure, and saucy. They're like, fine, we'll call you saucy. That's pretty good. I have another little painting that they made. We all, we got paintings. Oh, I think it says some sort what of, kind of sauce? Uh, organic kind of... tomato sauce made with all natural sausage varieties. Sounds about right. Uh, how you doing, Mike? Doing great, man. Didn't didn't die from a tornado, so feel good about that. Yeah, that, that. was pretty uh, close. Yeah. Well, it was. Um, oh, I don't know. Fifteen mile, ten miles away, maybe. Pretty close. Yeah, it's very close. Yeah. If you're within, like a cow could be tossed in your yeah, direction. Yeah, for sure. And I was on the twister. I got got the warning. I stuck my head outside like an idiot and it went from being like kind of stormy to terrifying in like five minutes. Cause I usually don't, I'm an idiot. I usually don't pay attention to those warnings, but I looked, you know, stuck my head outside. I was like, yeah, we should get in the, we should go somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Remember all those times where I 
pretended like I was too cool to care about my own life. Yeah. That's not. This is not one of those times. Yeah. Tornadoes, come on. What's the big deal? You know what? Hmm. That's a sign of resiliency. Yeah, I guess that's true. Not really. You can take so, it too far. Yeah, sure. Hmm. I thought we'd talk about resiliency today. Okay. And uh, the I'm going to have a tough time getting through this, to be honest with you. I might quit <laughs> halfway through, so just... Oh, Car- so you're... Are you going to protest at a Car- city hall? Like, of those guys who can't handle this? Oh, can't stay, can't stay home and not get haircuts for three weeks or whatever? Yeah, so... Uh, we recorded another episode, but I'm probably going to be too lazy to edit that. So yeah, that one. Talk about the free. It wasn't one. a very good episode either. We had it wasn't like great. Minor discussions about some uh, albums we grew up with. Was not great. Um, so we're probably just going to nuke that one and let that like one it. die. I agree with you mercifully. But we, uh, since the last episode, we've come to realize that we had completely misjudged this entire thing. <laughs> Like, we weren't even close. That's not true. We were actually fairly close. I think we just didn't realize how nuts this was going to get. I think we were, yeah. We kind of banked on just old people dying. And then all of a sudden, non-old people started dying. Yeah. And that sort of shook Turned out to be pretty unchill. I think it's the leading cause of death in the United States right now. It is right now, yeah. It's pretty damn close anyways. Which is, yeah, it's been like 45,000 people who have died, which is just insane. Yep. That's more... Then car accidents, heroin, yep, things that we heart disease, like cancer. shifted entire systems around. That's right. Yeah. We, people still, I don't know. I mean, obviously, people are staying home. Are you? Do you? you can you work from home? No. Uh. Uh. Uh-uh. And they, <laughs> they, they've decided we're going to continue working. That there was a very ridiculous line in the sand. Yeah. That was like, it, I'll make up some numbers that aren't that far, but they're like, if one out of every two. St- students is sick then we will shut down the school I'm so like, if everyone is sick <laughs> you know there's a well, that's crazy who sent a letter about something like this he did national attention yeah um we uh i wonder if that's i wonder if that's this the case across the like if you go into the other branch that you work adjacent to well they I don't um, think that that's the case so i think generally speaking most mo- all the branches have said anything that is like force generating so training units yeah. uh those will be mission essential and continue which i guess makes sense sure to some yeah. degree like you you shut the faucet off it's hard to like yeah. it's, a, it's a leaking tub you know sure yeah well although now all of a sudden we're gonna have lots and lots of people who are probably going to sign up because there's 25 uh, 25% of the country just lost its jobs. Yeah, I think it's 27 million unemployed or new, yeah. new un- newly unemployed, I think is the number. Yeah. And I think, you know, not, I mean, it's, it's not just opportunistic. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. The military is probably the greatest jobs program that the U S has ever come up with. Yeah. And certainly in a time like this, that's probably strike while the iron's hot. Have you heard people some good jobs? This is a funny political thing, I guess. So they're not going to reopen healthcare.gov, the, um, insurance marketplace. They'll let people. They're not. They're not going to do it. However, yeah. what what they are going to do is they're going to pay hospital. The federal government is going to pay hospitals directly uh, to cover uninsured COVID patients. Sounds like socialism. Is, that is literally single payer health insurance. <laughs> that is literally. <laughs> I. You know what? I. I. Uh, we try not to delve into politics. A because it could really <laughs> yeah. cause us problems. But more importantly, because it's just. 
it's this is we're trying to create some sort of safe haven. But I'll give credit where credit is due. This disease has created more uh, national social welfare than any, yeah, uh, perhaps any anything in history. Yeah, and um, you know, I'm waiting. Once we have infrastructure week, I think mm-hmm. we've pretty much tied it all together. Yeah, and that's coming. I've heard. <laughs> It should be here any day. Oh, perfect. Yeah, no, I think that's that's actually probably, uh, you know, I think, you know, we're going to talk about this a little bit when we talk about resiliency, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't want to say, I think in general, humans tend to um, do their best work under pressure. I know mm-hmm. I generally do. Yeah. Um, and I think with this situation, we found a lot of things that did not work well and we fixed them really, really quick and really pretty cool ways. Like the fact that, I mean, the federal government completely shit the bed on this mm-hmm. response. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone at any level could disagree with that. But at the same time, it forced states, locals, and like even just people to people to like step up and fill the gap, which happens in every disaster. But I mean, this is like a scale of like, I mean, you just can't even imagine. And I think there's things that are going to come out of this that are going to make this country better. I think there's a, I wish we could spend less time sort of actually dealing with the politics. Cause it's, it is what it is. There's, it's not going to change like until right. <laughs> elections occur. Right. Yep. Nothing is changing. So why not focus on like the fact that like, it's crazy. Like all these, like, you know, nerds with their 3d printers that were like, I can do stuff. That's going to be really cool. And everyone's like, yeah, whatever nerd. And now they're like printing valves to ventilators and building face masks because it needs to be done. And we've right. like created it. That's like an entire industry now. Yeah. Like all of a yeah. sudden you've like, you're mass producing this stuff. It's pretty wild. It's going to be cool. Healthcare is definitely going to be a good thing. It's going to be cool to see how much of this sticks. I guess a lot of hospitals are, I think it's going to a lot on the verge of, uh, going out of business too, because they're all their money making. I guess a a good metaphor is uh, like college football. Yeah. Like, you know, the women's soccer team, um, depends on college football for its, uh, budget. And now in the metaphor, college football team at UVM, I'm just saying, (laughs) Anymore? I thought it was a club. Nineteen seventy-four. Oh, there is a club. Yeah. Um, but as an example, and sure. now so now they've shut down all this, all the right surgeries and <clears throat> elective so on. surgeries, and right? And that's where they made stuff all the money to pay for the kind of regular health, regular business of it's hospital. Like Not a lot of those hospitals are going to go to business. Maybe incentivizing like profit profits over general care isn't going to work out. Yeah. What's going on behind you there? By the way, it's a cardboard house. Oh, okay. That's where I live. <laughs> I had to move it. I, I like had to move it, it inside. It's very colorful. It's windy. Yeah. Get it? That's your shelter. My shelter. Get <laughs> Quick, in. get in the cardboard house. Tornado's coming. Yeah. Uh, a good leader. I have All a right. tough time. Yeah, so obviously with uh uh everything that's happening, I think we've all had to sort of take stock of our own resiliency mm. and you know, we can, def- so define, I'm going to define resiliency mm-hmm. sort of broadly. Um, you know, it's the easiest way to sort of understand resiliency is like, uh, the ability to like absorb and bounce something, you know, bounce back from something. So in this case, disaster. So we're, we're obviously impacted by COVID-19. So, um, and what I think is most fascinating about, this is like, uh, for the last, you know, probably, well, since Obama was elected for sure, 
there's like these militias and these like groups that have formed that are like, we're going to form our own government and we're going to like, you know, we're stockpiling guns and ammo and we're going to do all this stuff. And, uh, you know, like these survivalists, like that's a thing. And, uh, all like everyone's like, uh, you know, this, these groups buy all this like military gear and stuff. And they're like, yeah, we, there's like, no one's going to hold us down. Like we'll stand up to the government. We'll do all this stuff. They made it three, maybe four weeks of <laughs> not even like all they're being asked to do is stay at home mm-hmm. so they can still watch TV. They could still, they're not in a bunker. Nothing's, nothing's dead around them. Right. All they had to do was stay home and they couldn't do it. They're storming city halls. Yeah. And they think they look so tough, but they look like the most pathetic, sad losers ever. And they're playing like it's cosplay, like it's military cosplay. Yeah. They're not even using good military gear. It looks <laughs> like uh like they have raided a sportsman guide uh, you know, surplus sale. Mm-hmm. I actually like the sportsman's guide, so it's you not a bad sponsor of sportsmanguides.com. You don't not, know what that is? Not a bad publication. No, it's great. It's I love good. it. I used to love it as a child. I was always into gear. Like I wanted snowmobiles and they had the like the little mini mini bikes and stuff. I would love a snowmobile, yeah. Three weeks they made it. Mm-hmm. Maybe four weeks. Mm-hmm. And they're crying about not getting a haircut. Literally haircuts. Yeah. That was like the number one complaint. Haircuts. Someone I saw someone complaining that they couldn't get lawn care products, which is not true. Yeah. You uh, Lowe's is open. Yeah. yeah, Lowe's is open. Walmart. In fact, Lowe's was just got in trouble because they, they were like basically they were. putting their people at extreme risk for no Every, reason. I've been to Lowe's several times during this thing, obviously, because oh, I'm an, you. an idiot. You're so resilient. And, uh, yeah, it's packed every time I go in there. People, yeah, I don't know I, what, what the people, problem is. People look at their lawns for the first time in six months and I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we had snow yesterday. Oh, shit. My lawn is starting to grow, though. We it's got trees budding out. Oh, nature's coming back. I feel like nature's, this is just, it's, this, it's, our time is up. Mm. I think it's, nature's just going to take us back is what it is, but. Yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this whole thing? It's driving me nuts because I just think it's so ridiculous. Like, they're like, they're like, you know, I don't want to disparage like suburbanites or whatever, but you have these people who like have literally never lived in any sort of threatening environment in their life and they're just doing fine. You know, they're like, yeah, yeah they're teaching their kids at home. Yeah. yeah it's been like, a lot of fun. There's been a lot of changes. Like, you, the neighborhood, there's people walking around the neighborhoods, yeah. like, exercising. Meet yeah. neighbors, which is people. Well, exercising, I'm not doing so much of. I'm doing yeah. everything but running. <laughs> yeah, running's dumb. Before this, there, you never saw anybody outside, but now there's just it's, you know, there's tons of people out on their bikes and stuff. It's kind of you cool. get beer delivered. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing I think will definitely stick. Are they? Oh, one hundred. If I delivered never services. go to another grocery store, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, no, I think it's good. So, what's also fascinating? It so. Uh, when you're talking resiliency and why some people do better than others, like one, like pro, like literally like the single biggest factor to success in disasters is social capital. So mm-hmm. basically you have like a community around you, which again is sort of antithetical to some of these survivalist things. Like they have these mm-hmm. bug out plans and stuff, which is right. It's a great point. You've never, no disaster in history has benefited from uh, people being running from a yeah a situation and a lot of sense yeah which is you know um i'm gonna turn this up a little bit i think that might your mic might actually be fine i think it might be my headphones um there we go oh perfect see i talked to you i made you sound so stupid (laughs) i didn't feel stupid i'm an idiot um yeah so 
when you look at like societies and, and cultures and all this stuff, like the ones that tend to be very resilient are, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be like family, but like having that sort of like family like structure. So, um, you know, like military obviously is like built for resiliency. I mean, they hammer it in you every single day. And in fact, I would argue like, you know, again, I'm sort of fake military, like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but a military when I need to be, but, right. uh, there is still like a degree of like resiliency. Like we, you know, my family and kids, like there are times where I just have to go away. Like, it's just, it is what it is. And I don't see them for a while and they're used to it and it happens and you know, we deal with it. And, um, that certainly helps, but like, there's a network of people who come into play at those points that come and help everything out. Like, you know, like first sergeants and all these other, you know, sort of situations where people can check in and see how things are going. Mm-hmm. Um, so communities that have really good social capital. So neighborhoods, um, uh, new England States are very high in social capital. I believe uh, that. A lot of community stuff. So that yep. does really well. Yep. Uh, city like New York city, massive social capital, like people like that's, that is a community that like, even if you're an outsider, like they just like, you know, that's a, that's why New York city is so damn resilient. I mean like, a, they've gone through friggin' everything. Right. Yeah. That's a super resilient city. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So sort of like talking about like, uh, if you're talking long-term things now, like if you're like that single person who's out, you just bugged out into your like cabin in the woods. Cool. You've got a year of food and everything. You you're missing out on all the like aspects of being human, right? We're social animals. Right. So we need to like have that interaction. So you're going to go nuts anyways. Yeah. Plus it's almost impossible. Like, uh, you have your like, um, distribution of labor specialization. Like you can't do everything yourself. So no. you really do need a community. Plus you really never know what you're going to need until it's too late, you know? And then right. you're not going to have food it. stores. Yeah. Right. You're going to get to your food stores. They're going to be rotten or animals right. have gotten in. Yep. They're wet. Yep. Breaking. Ankle. They're gross. Nobody wants to eat MREs. Like you want to have I, like a neighbor that makes good bread. I kind of wonder if anybody has ever done that. Just eating MREs for a year or something. You know what I mean? Just to see what happens to you. <laughs> you could, could you? No, I don't know. You couldn't do that for a year. I don't Think know of how bad the downstairs situation gets <laughs> after like three. I don't think you can do it. We just handed out know. like they're, they're handing those out here. Chrissy Teigen who's like a social media goddess. She's married to, uh, the John legend, John legend, handsomest man alive. Yeah. Dulcet tones. Yeah. John legend. Hello. Yeah. Uh, she ate MREs. She did some like big, uh, promote or, uh, fundraiser for, uh, Oh God, I'm going to jack it up. Like some Los Angeles, like food kitchen or something. Yeah. And got a bunch of MREs. And my first thought is she's got no idea. <laughs> I hope she doesn't eat these all at once. Yeah. Hopefully she saves the jalapeno cheese. <laughs> oh God. The jalapeno cheese. My trick to, uh, this is, I'm sure this is not a trick to most people. My trick to MRE is you open the bag up and you use the bag as a bowl you just yeah. put everything in there, in the bowl. And mix everything? It Crackers, cheese. Crackers, everything. The main dish, and you mix it all together with hot sauce. What about the Skittles? The rock no, no, the no, no not, the, uh, not the dessert items. You save and a rock or something? That's my favorite bit of, so there's two bits of military writing that I love. The first, if you look in a, I don't know what they're called in the Air Force, but they're called technical manuals. And yeah, it's like yeah. how, to fi- how to fix your piece of equipment and then all the stuff that's supposed to come with it. And in that list of everything that's supposed to come with it, with it is the technical manual itself is listed. <laughs> so you couldn't possibly have that list without the technical manual to begin so with. So we make a joke 
on the Air Force side about like when we write really good in manuals, we say that they're army proof. Yeah. And that's how you know you've written a good manual. Yeah, it's hard to do. And then the rock or something it, I, on it's MRE. The best. It's so great. It's Nobody proof like, for them. it. But they did. I mean, it's, it's, it's rock or brilliant. something. Like, I mean, really, like it sort of distills it down to its what it needs to do. It's yeah. lean up like or against a rock or something, whatever. <laughs> that's, my, that's my shorthand for an improvised solution. The rock or something solution. <laughs> a whole shit ton of 550 cord or a rock or something. <laughs> do you actually use that regularly? Yes. <laughs> I love it. That's so great. It is just my favorite thing. I want to get the shirt. But is then there, I get gotta be like, one. That's like vet. There is a shirt. It's great. It's a, uh, but it's, you have to get it from like one of those vet bro sites. And I refuse. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so some of the other things that uh create resiliency. Well, you know what? You've been you've been you've been through some you've been through some shit. You've been through some shit. Like what are your thoughts on resiliency? How do you stay uh, resilient? You know, that's a great question. That's why I asked it. I'm not and I haven't put much thought into it. I I'll be honest with you in this probably I'll, put more thought into it than you think. I I'm sure that's true and I imagine it's just boiling under the surface cuz I haven't thought too much about it, but it's just like Things happen, and they just, to me, were not a big deal. Yeah. I don't know how else to explain it. Like, I, I, I thought pre-coming, going into those sorts of things that I would be very difficult, and then they happen, and I was like, well, that wasn't anything. Yeah. I don't know what that, if there's a word for that or what, but well, I mean, being a psychopath might be sociopathy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a, being um, not mentally capable of handling hard situations perhaps <laughs> i guess so i mean there's compartmentalization of that i mean i think you know uh you well people tend to build things up to right like if you like why don't most people like act on something so like you want to be a doctor or something like why don't you go to medical school right it's not because it's really that inherently difficult like anyone could study hard enough and work hard enough and go to medical school like right. you just could short of like you know, some really profound, you know, limitation. Mm -hmm. But even then, like people have overcome so much and still accomplished. I mean, Doogie has like did that. it. He was a kid. He's, he was a, he was he like was a 12, child. He was, it's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, like if you don't build that stuff up ahead of time. So actually this is one of the, one of the traits that tends to do really well are people who are risk takers by sort of virtue. Like, you know, the, the, person who like looks at a sketchy rope swing and then is like, let's do it and jumps on it. Like that person's going to be fine. I guess that, yeah, that would be the, maybe I'd fall in that category. It just re-risk taker as a child. Yeah. Continue to be, I didn't really, yeah, just things. It was like, Oh, that's a, that dude's dead. You know, <laughs> next yeah, full send. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just get it done. What yeah. Happens now? I mean, I, it's weird. I don't think of myself as it, but I, then I like look back and I pretty much did everything. To, I don't know how my parents, I guess they just weren't, paying attention because yeah. I did so much dangerous stuff and I'm not at, like if pe most people who know me are like think I'm like this wimp or like a nerd mm -hmm. I don't think but I'm that. not I'm not real man yeah and I did real manly things yeah um but like yeah being a risk taker optimism you see you're a pretty optimistic guy I'd say so yeah that has a huge component to it so like you've got a mindset that things you know, things I tend to work probably, out yeah. I mean, it's, you just have to, and then there's like plowing through it, right? Like you just have to sort of like, what, what is, you know, I don't want to say feeling bad. Cause like, you don't want to feel bad. Like you don't feel bad about yourself. Like just do it, like get it done. Yeah. And yeah. you know, the less time you spend fretting over 
right. things. And does it help um, to worry? You know, that's another thing in my mind is like, would I, yeah. if I was freaking out right now, would that benefit me? And the answer is no. So it's just like, no. And I mean, I'm certainly like, I still have times where I'm like, freak the fuck out. And yeah, yeah that's it's for sure. never helped me. No. And sometimes it just happens. Your body takes over adrenaline. Right. Yeah. I mean, like if it's nothing a real life or death situation, yeah. yeah. And you like poop your pants. There's nothing you can do. You poop your pants. Yep. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. It's a natural thing. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just as science and what the, the nature wanted you to do. It. That's how you know you made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's not, I, I've been in some, I've been in very uh, sketchy. I've not been in a sketchy situation. I've been shot at before, but it was mm-hmm. on accident. We think it was on accident. It was yeah. like a guy who wasn't really smart paying attention shooting at us yeah. um but i've been in situations where like i guess i didn't even afterwards i tried not to think about it afterwards like it had already happened so what like like i've had like in my firefighting time i've had like ceilings fall on me and yeah. like buildings collapse around me yeah it'd be terrifying you're kind of like but it's not because you're like i mean that so here's here's another thing training right. and experience. yeah yeah so yeah. if you the more you train and you experience, uh, if you can experience it in sort of a controlled environment, like obviously, you know, the military excels at this, um, mm. first responders excel at this, yep. the more exposure you have to it, then you're like, oh yeah, I've done this. And you've got training. So like, if you don't have to think about it, like that's the other thing. So, you know, one thing when they're looking at like uh, active shooter situations, there's sort of like three people who flow to the top. There's like the person who, um, takes action and just splits like they do it for themselves. They're not necessarily looking for other people, but they're taking action and they're getting the hell out of there. Right. Like they Which just is decisive. Th- the thing to do. Yeah. Right. And then there's the person who like does that, but also tries to get other people. Then there's the person who like, just can't physically like, they just can't do anything like without someone guiding them, they're not yeah. going to move and they'll right. just sit there and sort of like become, well, they just, they, they don't have any sort of action. They just freak out. And then, um, like they found like with people, like another reaction that's pretty common is like, you start hoarding stuff around you. So like, if you're hmm, on a plane, no like it's really common planes crash and they start, people start grabbing their luggage and stuff. So they want to oh. feel like they're doing something, but they yeah. aren't. So they just start grabbing stuff or like during active shooters, they found people who've like died with pictures from their desk and like hmm. notes and stuff. Cause they just scoop off their desk. Cause they're like, Oh, t- like I got to go when i need this stuff and it's right there's some i I don't remember the psychology behind it there's a really good book that i will maybe post in the show notes about like like who survives i forget what it's it's something along those lines but i'd like to read that that sounds cool yeah yeah it's really interesting so like different scenarios like same with um you know like people who freak out during like uh you know your wilderness survival situations and stuff like it's just you know people who are decisive it's not that's not always a good characteristic either like sometimes people are like i'm gonna go fight this guy and then they just immediately get killed uh, by the bear you have to wait to gather the necessary information to take the right action not just yeah there you go so that's like pretty (laughs) (laughs) what's the crockett what's the crockett and tubs and uh, the other guys when they jump off the uh was it Crockett Tubs? What would they call them? No, that's from, is that Miami Vice? I yeah, that's Miami Vice, which yeah. is a, yeah, awesome, awesome show. Good, <laughs> mo- great movie too. <laughs> uh, what was the Don, what's his name? Don. Johnson. Yeah, Don Johnson. You ever listen to his music? I didn't know he had music. Oh, he's got music. Oh, yo. He tried to spin a musical career. Cool. Mm-mm. No, it's not. <laughs> Um, I think so. I think the best advice I ever got in that regard was uh, yeah. during a training event, and I was like, you know, it's it, everything's fake, right? Yeah. But you're supposed to act like it's real, and people right. 
in their mind, they think, well, I have to yell and run. Mm-hmm. And some guy grabbed me by the shirt and was like, why are you running to your death? And I was like, well, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> so now, you know. So just, and now and now I get in trouble for being too calm in those in training events because I don't, <laughs> don't yeah, and they're like you're supposed to react it's like what well what, what do you want you know me to what do? Though, you know what that's really funny so that's something I've found too like I am actually like I'm not an anxious person per se but like I tend to maybe lean into things a little bit more than I should so I get amped up about stuff yeah but like when it when it really gets ugly and I've been in some really like awful tough situations I found that like literally just being like, like not who cares. Like I don't want to die right. obviously. And I don't want people around me to die. Yeah. But like, this is it. Like it's yeah. happening. So yeah. like I'm going, I'm trained for this or I've mm-hmm. practiced this. Mm-hmm. And even if I haven't, it's out of my control. Like right. what exactly am I going right. to do? There's yeah. nothing I can do about this other than like what I, I'm going to base my, response based on training and experience of you know that i've had in the past yeah and i've been in other tough situations i've gotten out of it so that's a great in fact point. i honestly think that's probably like where i'm in my sweet spot yeah and i'm sort of missing that in my new career i don't really have that opportunity as much to sort of right. be put in that tough situation yeah i bet that's frustrating that's a, a thing i'm worried about when i get out of the military is not having that sense of you can volunteer Im- importance that, or yeah i think that would yeah, be better. i'd that, have to do something like that yeah yeah i think that's you know, like things, there's thing, having something on the line, I guess having that sense. Yeah. But that's, you know what? That's also like, that's ego. That's probably more like no one. See, that's one thing. Like no one cares. Right. Like after this COVID thing, like we're going to, people are going to stop caring about doctors and nurses, even though they're awesome people and stuff. I don't want something on the line to prove something to somebody else, but just to have that sense of like anxiety and and, uh, stress that I enjoy. Yeah. You're used to it. Yeah. Yeah. And as you do it more, you, and that's probably like, uh, that's probably not a super healthy attitude because eventually you get too old or fat or broken to deal with that. That's a good point. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I think that's why a lot of cops and firefighters and military people kill themselves after they retire is they feel like, like they, their entire life has been based around that identity. Well, maybe it's not actually. So you're sort of describing something different. So there's people who identify themselves as that, but actually don't necessarily like they're, probably feeling like they're always inadequate. Like they're not actually doing what they like. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a, like, never, I'm never in this, done. this yeah. is me and I'm important, but people don't acknowledge it even though I am. Right. And then there's people who are like, I feel like I have to do something important. I don't care if anyone acknowledges that this is for my own thing, which is maybe right. something different. I That's interesting. Kind of enjoy the risk taking like people that I do enjoy. Yeah. Recreationally skydive or something. It's not for anybody else. They just enjoy the, yeah. The rush. I don't it. have that risk factor anymore i don't really not that like let's be honest emergency management's not exactly risky but there's some pretty high stress tough situations there's a lot of things riding on your decisions i would imagine yeah i am sort of i'm actually thinking about getting my emt and firefighting stuff back up because i'm i am in that sort of like i don't know if it's it's not that i want to identify i feel sort of useless not like i'm i have a great job i love my job yeah i get to do lots of cool stuff but i am sort of feeling like I don't have that, like, I like helping people. I mean, that's yeah. another thing that I think, yeah. which is another good survival technique is like, you know, having that people should be helping. And that sort of goes back to that social capital. But I also know that like I can count on people. Like that's a thing I believe in and I'm optimistic about it. Um, let's see what else exposure and coping we sort of talked about. I mean, that's, you know, when you, so if you do it enough or you simulate it enough, like the real simulation, like, 
you know, I've in, I don't know about your experience in like good exercises. Like at first you're like, this is dumb. Like people mm-hmm. are acting, it feels stupid. Right. And then like a half hour into it, you're like fully in it. Right. And yep. you Comes let the believable. suspension quickly, of disbelief yeah. happens. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you've got, um, oh, Jesus, I just blasted my ears with a notification sound. Um, so like really good exercises can help with that a lot, I think. And I enjoy those and that I think helps like the ones where you've got like people in moulage with like limbs blown off and stuff is pretty, pretty good. So like you can get some resiliency through that where you live. So like if you live in an area that just is hard to live in, so like people live in mountains tend to be much more resilient because like roads get washed out and right. weather sucks and right. it's dangerous. Yep. Uh, mindset and mindfulness. So if you like, <clears throat> sounds corny, but you like sort of, I think one thing uh, I've always found with people who are new in first response roles and probably in, I would imagine you probably find this in the military stuff as well, but uh, you people like when you're really like you, you think your response is to like run into a situation. That's probably sort of what you were talking about earlier versus like, like there's no real situation like short of like, I, I can't think of a situation where an instant decision is actually going to save your life. Right. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent with that. Generally. Yeah. So, most, a lot of situations, the mature responder soldier airman, blah, blah, blah. Actually when it's hitting the fan, they're mm-hmm. sort of sitting there thinking, right? Because they know that there's information coming in. If I just react to it, I'm going to get myself killed or everyone else around me killed. Absolutely. So having that, you know, taking that pause or even like, that's like, if there was one piece of advice I could pass off in this entire episode, it's like, just stop, like take stock of your situation real fast. It can be five seconds. Look around, like figure out the exit. Like, don't just run. Where are you going to run? Yeah. That's like, where are you going? Right. Versus like, you know, and if you can do it ahead of time. So like planning, like that's another huge component of resiliency. Like just having a plan, even, you know, no, no, uh, was it no plan survives first contact with the enemy, which is actually not the real quote. I'm going to look up the real quote real fast. Cause it's actually much more. Yeah. And then I think another thing is just being a uh, mindfulness is in my mind, a big one. Uh, cause if you're just not paying attention and something traumatic happens, now you're having to pay attention to everything all at once, but yeah. if you're mindfulness, you're on whatever Amber or whatever they call it. And you're paying attention to your surroundings. You already have, half the battle completed because you fully comprehend your surroundings and who's around you, what's going on. And you can identify the threats much quicker that way, as opposed to being walking around a haze. And then all of a sudden, boom, like the entire world comes into focus and that's very overwhelming. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just not the reality. I mean, that's how, I mean, you know, like you look at animals that survive and, uh, you know, like the tiger, like the, the alpha animals, right. The ones at the top of the food chain don't Mm -hmm. strike immediately. There's time, you know, like you stock your prey, you find an opportunity look for who's the weakest. So the actual quote is no operation extends with any certainty beyond the first encounter with the main body of the enemy. Hmm. Do you know who that was? I'm going to go with uh, Patton. Helmuth von Mulke. Way off, way off. Who was a Prussian uh, field marshal. Yeah, von Moltke. He, uh, the, oh man, I'm trying to remember my World War One history. The von Moltke he's actually, plan. 
He's got a cool, he's actually Von Miltke the Elder. Yeah. Which is cool. But the whole point was like, you know, I mean, like the thing that I get out of that and other sort of those types of things is like, you know, you, uh, the way that I've always communicated and like when I'm training folks is, you know, your plan is like your jump off point, right? So the Mm -hmm. more planning you put in, the longer time you have to think about what you're going to do. So if you've planned for, you know, an active shooter, for instance, you know, so let's say you walk into a space, you look around, take a quick stock of your space. You sort of look at people that maybe sketch you out a little bit. You see your exits. I don't do this in real life, by the way. It's not like, I think people who do that are probably not healthy in a way. Like you shouldn't feel like you're always going to get shot in the face, but I do take stock of like exits. We'll say that. So you look around, see the exits and now you know where, if something happens, where you're going to go. And it doesn't have to be for survival. Like you may just need to leave and you want to know where you're going to go out. So find your exits. So that right there, I don't have to think about that if something happens. I already know where they are. So that's part of my plan. Now, if I look around and I start to identify people like, oh, that guy's got an EMT patch on his bag. So if something happens, I'm going to probably reach out to this person. And that woman's wearing scrubs. So she's probably a medical person and blah, blah, blah. So the more planning you have, the less you have to think about in the heat of the moment. Exactly. And that right. sort of goes with like training and experience as well. Yep. Because thinking in the heat of the moment is very overwhelming. It's not Especially good. if a you're, lot of things to think about, you'll be overwhelmed quickly. Yeah, your uh, decision-making abilities, like your cognitive decision-making abilities basically shot the minute yeah. you're under high stress. So you yeah. fall into your fight or flight, which is, there's, it's not obviously just fight or flight, it's fight, flight, training, experience, blah, 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 that type of thing. But yeah. so the more you've, you've done that. Um, how you're raised. Uh, so if you had like parents that, you know, let you fall off your bike and uh, lose, you know, like losing in sports events and, but like trying really hard. Like that's super impactful. Um, the there was a research. I'll, I should probably find it, but basically, kids who um, in their primary development years, so fairly young, who are challenged and like kind of independently get to go and fail and try things and like even you know, get hurt. Like you want to do it safely. Obviously you don't want to be like it. Like it's not supposed to be toxic. If it's toxic, then it's not helping you to actually right. just it's not supposed to be punishment stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So kids who go out and they fail on their own and their parents are there to sort of like guide them versus like clear the path for them do really, really well. Um, and some of that's, you know, like genetics, like some people are just sort of born, you know, with certain traits that you know, make them better at that. But you can train a lot of that as a young child. It gets a lot harder as you get older um, to sort of build that mindset. Um, and then also like as you're, if you're a child and you live in a very challenging environment, again, not a toxic environment because that creates anxiety and stress and things that like are bad for your brain um, versus like problem solving and good stress and uh, learning from those experiences. Like you can't learn, like if your parents are beating the crap out of you, you're not learning Anything. Right. You're learning it's to fear just, your parents. Yeah. yeah. So situations that are set up to teach you, people do really, really well. And uh, so, you know, take care of your kids and let them fail. I mean, that's one thing I think I've seen sort of like, it's an interesting take on like today's society is just like students and stuff tend to not be super resilient. Yeah. Um, well, that's an interesting point too, about when if you're designing training, uh, to design train training in a way that has the students fail, but not in a way that 
is is completely defeating. It's constructive right. in a certain way. And that's really hard to do. And a lot of people mistake it and they'll just have some sort of smoke fest. Uh, yeah, and I think that's an ego thing. I think that's like yeah. that leadership, right? Uh, yep, I and think it's, so. That's usually like you're kind of compensating. Like in the in in my experience, anyways, with people like that, they tend to be ones who probably a it's what they learn from. Yeah, so they yep. probably learn from someone who's bad. Yeah. But it's also like a power thing where they're like, you know, projecting their weakness onto other folks when, mm-hmm. you know, the greatest people that like the people that I look back and I'm like, this person was a huge influence in my life. Um, it was so subtle that like, you don't realize it till much later until you're put into a situation where you can look back and be like, oh my God, like, I can't, like, why did that conversation stick in my head, you know, 20 years later? Right. And it's because they were like, you know, they didn't pat, they didn't like, you know, uh, say, you know, suck it up. They didn't, um, you know, baby you, they were just like, here's what's happened. Like, what do you do with it? And then like, right. you have to figure it out and like right. setting that path. I think, it, you know, again, I don't know if it's, you know, the military seems there's definitely a lot of certainly toxic leadership and, and bad yeah. stuff in any organization. And, um, yeah. but that's sort of built into some of the training, which I think is, you know, again, I, one thing I think if you want to be a good leader, you have to be super, super resilient. And one thing the military produces really, really well is good leaders. Like despite, I mean, obviously there's tons of bad leadership that gets broadcast across the world, but, and I think it's just through, you know, like I can think of many people, like the first superintendent that I worked with in my position, you know, she was, a, she was female and she'd been in for like 30 years. So she's come up through like yeah. <laughs> the bad days of the military where, yeah, you know, uh, she was not treated properly or given opportunity and she stuck through, like she had resiliency through that. And then of course, like she had some pretty rough upbringing that I found out later. And, you know, she never like, when I, when we screwed up, she certainly let us know that we screwed up, but it was never like, like if we screwed up really bad, she would still defend us. Like she would take the brunt of it because she knew that we weren't going to learn anything by just getting smoked by, you know, leadership and stuff. Not that I think that would happen, but you know, yeah. What do you think the secret sauce is to resiliency? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure the secret sauce is, but this is another aspect that I've noticed in people is when something traumatic happens, there's a large number of people. I felt it myself the first few times was I thought it was fake. Like it took me a while Oh, yeah. come to terms that it was actually happening and be able to shorten that and it still happens to some degree but to be able to shorten that time span down and be like oh yeah this is real this is what's happening right now and I need to do something about it I think there's a lot of people that get stuck in that period because I've definitely seen people that are uh, just stuck in shock when something happens immediately and can't quite get out of that first initial what the fuck is happening I loop. think that's what's weird about this COVID situation is Mm -hmm. like, it still feels like that, like for like weeks. Yeah. Right. Like I think people don't, I think the people who are grabbing their guns and going to city halls and bitching because they can't get their hair cut. Like it hasn't set in that this is real and that people are dying from this. Yeah. It's kind of shocking that not to keep hammering on COVID, but there are a lot of people it's like, it's, uh, I saw it was a few days ago. It was a leading cause of death. It might've changed, but like, that's pretty significant. I think there's yeah. eight, eight times more deaths, eight, uh, eight times the number of deaths in New York City now than there were at the same time last year. Like that's that's very real. Like you can't say that that's not 
important. I mean, they were they're digging mass like like so they have to they have they have uh, graves on I can't remember the name of the island, but that they use for like people like New York City is just such a massive city. Like of course, there's lots of people who die who no one knows who they are, right? right. And there's yep. no way to identify them. Yep. Uh, plus, it's just being a city of like you know it's an international city, so there's people who come from all over the world and maybe don't have paperwork and stuff. So, but they have this island where they like you know intern people who don't have anything. Yeah. And they had to dig like I mean there's drone footage of them just digging these massive trenches because it's so exponentially higher than any, like they just have nowhere to put bodies and all these trucks that are being like, I don't understand how I like, I'll make no, I hate Fox news with such a passion. It is a fucking cancer on Mm -hmm. this country. It is garbage. And if you watch it, you need to turn it off. There's nothing redeeming about that, that channel. I hate it with every ounce of my being. Mm -hmm. And these people are saying like, just bullshit, like lying, like straight up saying they don't believe it. Even though Fox News itself has tons of policies and procedures that they put into place because they don't want their talent to die. Right. And they're in New York City. All they have to do is open the door. There are literally refrigerator trucks on Full every corpses, fucking corner yeah. filled with dead people. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think like, so I know some, uh, I've got family and, uh, you know, some friends that work for FDNY. And I mean, it's just... Like you can't imagine, like they're, they're saying like, you know, like, yes, 9-11 was instant tragedy. Right. But this is like 9-11 every fucking day. Right. Like there's just bodies piling up and I, why people don't believe that. And like, I, you know, I mean, we talked about it. We like, I think we had sort of the attitude that like, oh, we're going to be fine. But there was a point where all of a sudden I'm like, yes, maybe I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I need to start thinking about like, what am I going to do? Like, like, you know, if my wife and I die. Like we need to figure this out because we need to know where our kids are going to go. Or like my parents or her parents die. Like mm-hmm. how do, like I was trying to like go through the motions of how am I going to communicate that to like my kids? Because not only is it a real possibility, like they're at risk for being older. Like the, if they yeah. get it, like there's a good chance they could die from it. So and I think when uh, we have these people who just flaunt it, it just pisses me off to know. And I, I get it. Like I want to go back to real world. It, this is, this is really hard. Like this is probably harder for me than it was going into my first building fire. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I could go in and put like a fire out. I can't do shit to stop this. Right. Like I could just walk into a room and someone could have just sneezed and I'll die two weeks later. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's scary. Yeah. And there are healthy people dying from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like, you know, when I sort of think of how am I being resilient in this situation, it's just like, it's honestly through being the fact that I'm like, you know what, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to take care of my kids. I'm going to keep them calm. I'm going to teach them about it so that they're ready just in case something does happen. Right. Um, but, you know, the fact that people are just like, they're like these, these folks that are just like, can't handle it. And they're going out in these groups. Like that's weakness. All I see in that is absolute pathetic weakness. Hmm. Yeah. And that's my Ted talk. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. I ruined your black Panther party. <laughs> yeah. I think being able to get through the uh, initial shock and realize it's reality. I think being mindful or having situational awareness probably helps with that too. If you're paying attention to the world around you, uh, you can notice those aberrations much quicker. And just like that. acknowledging that like things are out of your control. Like that's okay at times. Yeah. I think that's a big part. Knowing that trying to control the things you know you can control and realizing there's a large part of the world that's just completely outside of your control. Like the majority of it? The majority of it, yeah. There's so little you actually have control over, right. which is probably what's freaking people out. Suddenly they're realizing that they have no control over anything. Yeah. Your income is dependent on some company that could have just disappeared. 
uh, your freedom is actually like pretty damn limited. Like if the government wants you to stay in your house, you're going to stay in your house. Like you just don't have a choice. I mean, like, let's be honest, like yeah. we have a lot of resources where we can make that where you don't leave your property. Right. Um, you, your ability to just go out and like hang out is gone. I think that's something I, I've really struggled with is like, I'm a pretty social person. So not being able to, like, I don't need to go to bars and stuff, but like having a cookout, like I do like to just hang out with people and yeah. I haven't been able to do that. And it's I, been like, tough. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. And like we sort of prided ourselves in being like the people that always hosted parties and stuff. Right. So it's like really weird. And then, you know, you've, you know, you got a little, little dude in the house. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so like try, like they're probably worse. Like they don't, they went from like totally being involved in all their friends lives and stuff. And now they have, you know, just adults to be around. Like that's got to really suck. It's really hard to explain. Yeah. Why we can't go to the pool, you know, or like, right. <laughs> why yeah. We can't and go it's into like, you Starbucks. don't want to scare them. Right. But at the same time, like, you know, again, sort of getting back to like that, teaching them in a safe way, what they mm -hmm. need to be prepared for. Like, the kid, even my two-year-old, like she knows, she'll say coronavirus. Like she gets it. Yeah, she no, talks funny, about yeah. it. Yeah. And I mean, we listen to the news and stuff. We try not to scare them, but we also are like, you know, you need to take this seriously. Like this is important. Like yeah. there are things that can hurt you and kill you and you need to acknowledge those. And that's fine. You don't need to be scared of it because there's nothing you can do about it. But like you don't need to be stupid and put yourself at risk. Right. DJ Airhorns. There you go. Too, it's getting a little too intense. Um, <laughs> all right. The secret sauce. To, I don't know what the secret sauce to resiliency is. I don't. Th I don't know. Who's like the most resilient people that you've you've known? Do you have like oh, people Lord that you think Almighty. of? Yes, there's definitely people that have been in some. There's a guy, um, uh, that I know very well who's been in just insane scenarios, and he's one of the chillest, coolest guys. Like he was in a. Uh, there was a striker that hit by an IED, and the. Uh, the uh, driver was pinned in and the vehicle was on fire. It couldn't get the driver out, so he got an axe and tried to hack through his legs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> couldn't do it. Kid burned to death. He, then he uh, he was on a raid and uh, a grenade. He, somebody threw a grenade at him, bounced off his chest and killed the guy next to him. And he lived. And he he's just a... T you would admit the guy would be... Like those, for most people, those would be career-ending uh, events. But he's just a chill fucking dude. One of the calmest guys I've ever met. That's something I've found really, like, uh, I've been in some, like, you know, with people who've been, like, you know, we, you know, you do these, like, war stories and stuff, like, not necessarily, like, specifically war stories, um, but, like, you know, the conversations of, like, things that people have gone through, and it is always the quiet one. Like, it's never the one wearing the, f like, uh... <laughs> I don't know, nine line t-shirt or something like <laughs> tattoo, like not tattoo, like obviously tons of people have tattoos, but like the thank me for my service folks are the ones who are like screaming for attention. It's almost always the ones where you're like, wait, you went through what? Yeah. It's just nuts. I think there's a lot of people that just, they haven't gotten their excuse the expression, but haven't gotten their nut, you know, and they just, <laughs> they're seeking it yeah. and it's driving them insane. Right. Um, which is another, which is silly. Cause it's not something you really like. I bet if you asked that dude, he'd probably go, uh, no, I didn't want to go through any of that. And yeah. It sucked. And you're an idiot for trying to get that situation. Exactly. Right. And he wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And right. wouldn't draw attention to themselves. They would have been like, why are you talking about me? Like I survived. I'm fine. What, why don't you talk about the dude who I tried to fucking cut his legs off because <laughs> he was stuck in a strike. Like, that's the dude who like is a, like, I'm here. Yeah. So, 
yeah, it's, I don't know. It's fascinating. I really, I really enjoy being around those people. It's actually one of the reasons I, I have done the stuff that I've done is I like being around those types of folks. And there's a lot more in first response in the military than there are in sort of general, but there's also like incredible, like I look at teachers right now who like had to literally overnight come up with a new way of teaching students and are like freaked out about like, you know, students who are uh, in dangerous homes with people who are like molesting them and beating Mm -hmm. them and all that other horrible stuff. Like those are people like doctors and nurses that like, you know, of course I think inherently we know they're good people, but I don't think we've ever thought about them as like, I mean, we know they're heroes. Like everyone's probably got some story where they're like, Oh yeah, doctor, you know, save my blah, blah, blah's life. Right. But like, to go into work every day, knowing that like you could die from the illness that like, there's no, like, that's not a scenario that any doctor or nurse was trained on when they did it. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Like people who go into those situations willingly, like that's nuts. Yeah. This got real heavy. Um, what do we got? We got to do a joke. Positive. I feel like we should. I have a a coronavirus related joke. Okay. So what did the sick chef make? It's four options. The sick chef. Sneezer salad. <laughs> Cough l'orange. All right, and that's the end of the show for today. <laughs> the answer is sneezers. What was that? Cough l'orange. Uh, man of coffee. Or uh, I had one other one. I don't remember. Sneezer salad, I think, is mine. Sneezer salad is I'm the winner. S- yeah. You're correct. Yes, I'm, that's correct. I'm going with that. Yep. If I was the first oh, to be oysters, oysters coffee feller. That's three coughs. It's hard to come up with multiple symptoms. Uh, I had another one. That's that's oysters coffee. I like it. it's funny because oysters sounds it's a, funny. Oysters it's is a funny, funny word. Yeah, let me but, look up. Yeah, keep going. No, that's all I got. Oh, that's pretty good. I feel resilient. Oh, I gas, hope gazpacho, gazpacho. Oh, I like that. Yeah, although that also it gets dangerously into the <laughs> anti-Semitism. <laughs> that's a, a Spanish soup. Spanish, I do. It's a cold gazpacho, isn't it? Right. Cold soup. Um, yeah, I think sneezer salad is the correct answer. Yeah, it's sneezer salad's pretty good. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like I feel resilient. It's good. I feel like we have to take stock of this stuff every once in a while, right? Like you got to sort yeah. of like figure it out and think through it. And uh, I hope people who are listening, we do. Like, I still don't understand why people listen to this. I really don't. They probably don't. They just accidentally click on it and it just runs in the background. <laughs> you know like, I don't the care. Fuck? Click uh, on it, subscribe, <laughs> like, share, please. Yeah. Again, it's been a while since we reason- did it. It's been a couple of weeks, isn't it? It has. I feel yeah. like, well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, things I, are weird. You've been into stuff. I've been into stuff. Yeah. You've been dealing with this in the real world, uh, mm-hmm. which makes it hard. And That's for sure. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted all the time. I think I don't. it's probably just stress, but I'm exhausted all of the time. Withdrawals, you can't see your cocaine dealer. He's not- <laughs> I've got no meth. I've got no zero no uppers. I've got lots of downers. I've been drinking a lot. Actually, of you know what? That's today. probably a fucking problem. Uh, drug addicts not able to get. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. That's, yeah, that's probably a serious I mean, I concern. Feel, yeah. I would not want to be someone who is addicted to something right now. That's what I would love to know how that uh, market has changed. I suspect that social workers have had to deal a lot with that. I know like uh, domestic violence and stuff has gone up a lot. And certainly like people who are like substance abusers, like the stress and like the physical um, issues that come along with like withdrawal probably are putting people in some really dangerous situations. And imagine. Yeah. It sort of gets down to that whole, like, like again, who gives a fuck, like take drugs, right? Like, I mean, it's not the way you should deal with it, but like, if you're already addicted to something, like we should find some way to treat you until we can get you off of that. Right. 
Um, I'm with you this is one. a situation in particular, like homeless people, yeah. like that's like, you can't put them in a shelter. No. I think in Las Vegas, did you see that uh, parking lot that they painted with the white squares? Uh, Las Vegas it. is a nightmare. I hope that whole goddamn city goes out of business. I like Las mayor? Vegas. What the mayor was like, who cares? Let them all die. We're going to be the social experiment that proves it wrong. Yeah, oh, wow. Las Vegas. You've already got a risk of infection from being there, and now you're going to add COVID-19 to that place? So I thought that, have you been to Las Vegas? No. I thought the same I thing. There. I had this, and I went to Las Vegas, and it was exactly like that, and it was fucking awesome. You saw fake, and it was and awesome. Like, I can't yeah. believe this; it's, it's happening. Exactly, they just know exactly how to tap in your lizard brain, and just oh yeah, like, no, I mean everything about it. I mean, I've been to Atlantic City a billion times, very similar, and yeah. you know, I I hate it. I, every time I go, I leave, I feel dirty. I don't feel any satisfaction. If anything, it's like a again, sort of getting back to addiction. You're like, I kind of yeah. want to go back and just like try yeah. one more time. Yeah, but I yeah, I don't. I'm th- thank God. Because like I got a lot of addiction in both um, both sides of the family, I think have to mm-hmm. have had to come to terms with stuff. I'm so I have no addictive personality whatsoever. There's nothing I feel like I have to have. Uh, but at the same time, I sort of get a taste of it every time I go into like one of those places. And then like down at Keesler, like there's tons of uh, like uh, Biloxi's got lots of yeah casinos. Definitely grabs a hold. That was the only thing to do down there, so we did go to those a lot. Yeah, it's pretty gross though. I don't have any money. I don't have any expendable income. Although now, just, like, honestly, like the kind of this disaster has kind of helped me out. I've been paying down a lot of debts because all of a sudden my student loans and stuff have gone on hold. Oh, well, there you go. Oh. I got some cash money to walk around Hell with. Yeah. A stimulus check. Stimulus check, tax return all at the same time. I haven't done my taxes yet. I need to do that. Uh, I don't think you have to do it till July. So I think you're out of, out of time there, Big Sarge. They did move. No, no, no. Yeah, they moved it. Back. Yeah, they moved it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the government doesn't Wait, know can't hurt them. You have to do taxes? <laughs> That assumes I make enough money that gets taxed. That's a good point. Um, that was almost an hour. We actually talked through more than I thought we were going to. That's pretty good. What do you want to talk you about? Doing all right. Everything's going great. Yeah, man, couldn't be better. Could not right, be better. We're gonna talk about next time. Um, I don't know. I'll come up with something. I'll figure something out. Something that has mass appeal. I guess I'll, I'll figure it out. You should we'll, do something funnier. I'll bounce some ideas off of you. Well, yeah, we'll do something funny. Yeah. Did, did, you, did you write this? No, this is our uh, our buddy. I think he's French Canadian. Oh yeah, yes, uh, all the he gave us the rights to all the musics for our podcast. That sounds good, man. It does sound good. He's got. I got a few other ones. I'm gonna look up his name real fast because I think we give should him give a, him a shout, shout out. Shut out. Do you feel good about this one? I feel really good. Yeah. It's a little more serious. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I'll come on something lighthearted next time. Hear that, folks? John Magnuson from Montreal. Tickling the keys. Tickling the ivories. Tickling the keys. Or is it John Magnuson? You can visit his website at www.johnmagnuson.se. I don't know what what's dot se. And that's Sweden, isn't it? Oh, I'm pretty sure that's J O N. Oh yeah, Magnuson. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. J O N M A G N U S S O N dot se. And he gave us the right to this bunch of other songs, and they're good songs, and I really like his music, so you should check them out. All right, man. All right, man. Yeah. Till next time. Till next time. Be resilient. Be that bouncing ball. That's right. Come back. Come back. Slap you in the face. (laughs) 